This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are working our way through Genesis chapter 27. It's a long chapter and we're in verse 27. So Genesis 27, 27, which is pretty neat. We're all the way down to where Isaac blesses Jacob. He thinks he's Esau, but he blesses Jacob with his with his blessing. And I love this blessing. It's a, it's a wonderful blessing. And you go, what does that really mean? Because we've already discussed that God has his plans for us and that, and that really you can't manipulate God's plans and God's ideas. He is the one who authors life and authors our purposes. And we've just discussed these things in, 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 in depth. And why is this important? Because Jesus said that our words speak life and death. They are, that we speak with the mouth, we speak blessings and cursings. And, and, and those ideas are important because when I speak a blessing on someone, I am speaking life to them. I am speaking hope I am unbinding them so many times. I'm unbinding them from chains of bondage that they're in, both of sin and of shame, of guilt, of of the things that I struggle with as far as seeing the future. Sometimes I, when I speak a blessing on someone, I ignite in them a spiritual gift because obviously I'm operating in the spiritual and I am giving them a spiritual hope, a spiritual life, a spiritual idea. And many times your blessing not only un, unhinges them or releases them from the things that are keeping them down or holding them back or destroying them, but also it also ignites in them a fire, a passion about, about who God is in their life, about their spiritual gifts, about their future. It unveils them. In many ways, people walk around with veils over their eyes, and they do because they can't see the plans that God has for them, the plans to prosper them and not to harm them, to give them hope in the future. That right there is is a blessing that God gave. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm What is he doing there? God is speaking a blessing over us. It's a prophecy of blessing. It's a word of knowledge about who God is and about his future. When I speak blessing into somebody's life, when I see hope for them and I give them hope, when I see a chance for them and I give them a chance, when I do that, I'm unveiling, I'm removing things from their eyes that hold them back from seeing what God's doing. And when you're covered with those things and you can't see, and then God removes those things from your eyes and you see the possibilities and that there is a chance, and that there's a way, and that that can happen for you. When that happens, people chase after it. They get excited about it. When that happens, people want it. They begin to search it out. And so speaking a blessing over somebody 
is a way of doing that. Also speaking a curse over somebody does that. And for me, too many times we do speak curses over someone. We speak what they're not or what they can't be or what they worked and how they failed. And that is such a, it's such a terrible thing to do to someone, even though you're in the spiritual, sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. And I can say I've done that to people myself. And I've, I, as I've walked through life, I've realized sometimes that I was doing that. I tried to, as I raised my children, not to speak curses over them. But you get angry and you get frustrated. Now, I've said things to my children about them that were not in the spiritual true, but were in the physical at the moment. They, they were perceived to be what was, and they weren't. And it is a very, very terrible thing to speak curses over someone, but it is a life-giving thing to speak blessings over someone. And you go, don't we need to tell people the truth? Yeah, we do. But remember, you cannot separate the truth and love because they derive from the same location, the same being, and that's God. Jesus said, the Bible says that God is love. That means that the defining characteristic of God's nature is love. And Jesus said, I'm the way, I am the truth. And through the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, God being described as the truth. God being described as the source of all truth and knowledge. And so if I speak love to someone, I must speak truth. But if I speak truth to someone, listen, it must be born from love or I am just identifying facts for my benefit and for their harm. Sure. Or do people have issues? Yeah. Sure. Should I bring them up? Absolutely. But how are you contextualizing these things? How are you making those things for them? Are you using that to beat them down? Are you using that to make yourself feel better about the situation? Are you using those, those negative things that are active and involved in their life are you using that to make them better or to destroy them? And I would say if the purpose for that is destruction, then you are using those facts for your benefit and you're just hiding behind the, the uh, you're just hiding behind the things that uh, that in your life you want to hurt them with. You're hiding behind those facts rather than actually operating in the true nature of God and love. And speaking blessings over someone is wonderful. In fact, at the end of our service and the end of our Bible study, I speak a blessing that is, is in the Old Testament. It's an important blessing. It's it's a it's a blessing for for the church. It's in the it's it's a blessing for God's people. And the priests were supposed to speak that over the children of Israel. They were supposed to speak it over God's people whenever they were there. I've kind of a little bit, I've taken the, the, that blessing and condensed it just a hair. But the Lord does want us to speak blessings over each other. And they are, they are, they are important. In verse 27, it says, he came near and kissed him. And that is, that is Isaac kissing Jacob. And he smelled and smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of the field. And that is, that is a, uh, a blessing that is really not something that he actually understood. I don't know if he did, or I don't even know if he gets it. But remember, the field is the promises of God. And what he's saying is in this blessing, in the spiritual sense, in the spiritual idea, if you take it to the spiritual level, he says, surely the smell of my son is the smell of the field. And what that means is that he smells like the blessings of God. 
That means, and remember, smell is the most powerful sense in the human body. Smell actually overcomes taste. In fact, smell controls your taste. If you smell something and it smells bad to you, it's going to taste bad to you no matter what. You can cut off your smell and your taste will not operate the same. And you know that as well as I do. And those of you who are, who've had COVID this year and haven't had any smell realize that the taste goes with the smell. Smell is a powerful emotional tool. That's why we sell billions of dollars worth of candles in the world today, because the smell of those candles brings about powerful emotional attachment. Smell is, in many terms, the most powerful of our senses as far as our emotions are. Eyes, our seeing, and our hearing provide us the most information, but smell provide us, provides us the most emotion. And so I would say, if you're talking about your soul, your eyes and your ears feed your cardi, your suco, your mind, and your smell feeds your heart. And that is that has always been the case. And what he's saying is, my son smells like God's best, his blessings, his promises. And uh, what a powerful way to, a thing to say to do, Let me ask you something. When you run into someone who is who is who may be downcast, maybe somebody who's really struggled their whole life, but they're struggling toward God, <clears throat> could you say to them that they smell like the blessings of God? Well, you say, I don't see a whole lot of blessings in their life. I don't see a whole lot of hope in their life. Are they struggling toward God's purposes? If they are, then they are acting in faith toward God's promises. And they smell like the promises of God. Whether they're attaining to them in a way that we want to quantify doesn't matter. They're actually chasing after the promises of God. And they're building for themselves treasure in heaven. And they smell like the promises of God. And when you run into someone who is struggling toward the kingdom, struggling toward God's best, they need to be encouraged in that. They need to be, and listen, the gift of encouragement is a gift that I operate in some. I don't operate in, 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 in some of the other gifts as much, but it is a powerful gift, and it is a gift of the Spirit, and we can operate in all the gifts. There are special gifts that we are just anointed for and empowered for, and they're powerful in us, but you can operate in all of the Spirit, and so you can operate in all the spiritual gifts, and... <clears throat> Looking for someone walking in the promises of God or the hope of God or the blessings of God, looking for that, searching for that in their life is an important thing to do because it begins to unveil your eyes to what God's doing and what got, what's going on in, in the spiritual rather than the physical. And so actually taking, making it a practice making it a thing that I'm going to work on each and every day to look for people who are struggling to walk by faith, people who are efforting in every way to do what God has asked them to do, looking on them and speaking blessings on them and seeing that blessing for them and speaking it over them is a practice that builds up your spiritual senses toward the promises of God. And that's what he says here. Surely the smell of the son of man, my son is like the smell of the field, the smell of the promises of God. Remember, the land is the promises. They, the promised land is the land where God's promises come true. And he says he smells like that. He says, which the Lord has blessed. 
his promises, God is blessed. God has opened his opened the door to. He says that. Surely my son smells like the field, which the Lord has blessed. It's, a, it's the place of his promise. He says, therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, meaning may God nourish those promises because the dew of heaven, the water coming down into the field brings about the harvest, brings about the blessing, brings about God's promises. It brings about, he says, I not only, you not only smell like the promises of God, but I'm saying for you that I'm speaking over you that God would water that field, that he would begin to grow those blessings, that he would begin to produce that harvest in you. And man, what, what more could you say to your children or anyone? God bring about a harvest of righteousness and a harvest of grace and a harvest of hope and power. May that be brought about in your life. <clears throat> who should we not say that to? Can't think of anybody. Who should we not say that to? There are going to be people who are not walking in it, who don't know God, who are not chasing after God, but still, shouldn't I speak hope and life into them? I should. My mouth should be a source of life and hope, blessings, not cursings, right? Life, not death. Last night, we talked about so many of the dichotomies. When God revealed life, then death was also understood that is not life. When God revealed light, we understand darkness now because darkness is in the context of, and even if a person shows no evidence or no sign or no, no tendency toward the chasing after God, I still ought to speak blessings over them. I still ought to be the source of life, even if they never ever walk in it, even if they end up in hell, even if they end up separated from God forever. I should still speak life over them. Why? Because I'm the source of life. He's placed his kingdom in me. Jesus said, those whom the Father give me, I give them eternal life. I'm the, I have life. I should speak that to people. And the people, you're going to speak that to people that you think have no hope, that you think don't walk in the blessing. And all of a sudden, it's going to unite something in them that you didn't even realize was there. Because you can't see with your spiritual eyes the way uh, things really actually are. We can't always see that. But you still should speak life. You still should speak hope. Let me ask you something. When Jesus was in the upper room and he was talking to Judas about his betrayal, did he speak a curse over Judas? I don't think so. If you'll read that, it's clear that Jesus loved Judas and that Jesus didn't want Judas to do what he's going to do. And Jesus knew that what Judas was going to do was going to ultimately bring about his damnation. And yet he did not speak death over him, not one bit. He did not speak it over him, not one bit. You know why? Because Jesus is life and you are too. And so there's no need to speak that curse over them. Now, you say he was really harsh with the Pharisees. Yeah, but he told them they weren't far from the kingdom of God. The reason he's being hard on them is because he's being a good father to them. He was telling them the truth. He was being very pointed and direct with them about what they weren't because they were missing out on the spiritual blessings that God had for them. And they had the knowledge and the insight, the maturity to understand those things, and they should have understood them. And so he was very hard on them. He's very hard on his disciples sometimes. But we're talking about people who've been given those blessings, given that understanding, given that life, and he's wanting to push them, drive them as a, as a championship coach, as a mighty general, as a great corporate leader. He's pushing them to the very best. So he's going to speak difficult things to them. But with those who are not even probably never going to understand life or hope, he still speaks life to them. 
he still speaks life to them. He never, ever is negative or harsh with a Roman. Have you noticed that? Remember, Roman, Rome is a picture of hell in the Bible. He's never, ever harsh with them. Why? Because he speaks life. He's life. And the, you need to get that. You got to get that. You got to see that. He said, therefore, may God give you the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of the grain and wine. Notice, boy, the dew of heaven, fatness is the blessing. Fatness is what God wanted. That's where the sacrifice is. That's where all the energy is. That's where when you were back in that time, now we try to keep from eating fat because we are fat. But that back then they weren't fat and they needed to eat fat because that was the source of all the nutrients. That was the source of all the energy. That, that was the storage place of all the energy and their bodies were using that to live. And he says, may you have the all the energy and the power of the earth and plenty of the grain. Grain is a picture of fellowship. Wine is a picture of the power and the blood and the spirit. He said, may you have fellowship, may you have power and may you have spirit he's giving him what a powerful blessing this is he says i want you to have I, I want you to you smell like the promises of god i want god to water those promises i want him to give you the richness and the fatness of all his blessings i want him to give you the wonder of his grain offerings and that also is a picture of the word of god and he says and i want you to get the wine and the spirit and, and the abundant goodness of god do you speak that over people? I hope you do. I hope you especially speak that over your children. He said, "Let people serve you," meaning meaning you're going to be a leader. You're going to be a you're going to be a king. You're going to be a ruler. You're a royal. You're a royal line. You, and you and he said, "May people serve you, and nations bow down to you." Meaning the world's going to bow down, and the world's going to follow. These are blessings of leadership, blessings of empowerment, blessings of purpose and life. He says. Be master over your brethren. <clears throat> Notice, be a leader. Be in charge. Be you're gonna be you're gonna be the strong one. You're gonna be the one who is taking over. And you can speak this over people that, that that you would never ever even expect that they would ever take control. The fainting flower, the wallflower over there that just hides in the. You can speak life to them and tell them that, that God's got great places of leadership and importance to them. And you never know. A lot of times it's just grabbed hold of and run with. He said, and let your mother's son bow down to you, and this is going to happen. This is a truth. Children and is going to ultimately bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. And this is a very important blessing over his son. And that blessing stands today. It is a, it is, all these blessings stand today, but that blessing is true over the people of Israel, the ch children of Israel, the Jews. This, it still has its, it doesn't, it, it didn't pass away. Okay. And we bear, we bear some of that promise. We're an extension. We're grafted into this promise as the New Testament would describe it. But he said, cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. And I do believe that. I do believe that those who curse the Jews are showing a clear sign that they are not on the side of God and those who bless them will be blessed by God. And that includes us as God's people. I believe that, I believe that when we align ourselves properly with God's promises, both in the Old and New Testament, we expand our blessing in mighty ways. And I do stand behind Israel. I do stand behind the Jews. 
And uh, I believe God's promises are going to be worked out in them, just like his promises are going to be worked out in us. And so that's an important place for me to be in my life. It's a political position, it's a political statement, but it's also an important statement to make and to understand that this this blessing here is a blessing that continues on to this day for the line of Jacob, which his name is going to soon be Israel, and he's going to have 12 sons, and they will be the 12 tribes. And by the way, all the apostles will rule over those 12 tribes. We don't need to move ourselves from that. Remember, he continues to tie the Old and the New Testament together, and he ties it together even with the apostles and his promise to them in the New Testament. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.